My Family Recipe is a new podcast from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network, bringing you cherished heirloom recipes and the stories behind them. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a podcast about all things edible, spreadable, pourable, and haunted. With me, your host, Ghostface Killer, and uh, Sammy Terry. <laughs> what? Who is that? He's like a local slivery. He's been on the air for like 50 years. Oh, okay. Well, hello, Sammy. How are you? So good. Oh my God. It's a real pleasure to be back at it, recording America's number one hit podcast. <laughs> back in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> back in the saddle again. You know, everyone, Nicole is so rich that she flies all the way to Roberta's once a week mm-hmm. from Indiana. Mm-hmm. First class, of course, just to record the show and then goes right back. Yeah, it's just a trust fund. I, don't, I didn't earn the money. Just so mm. everyone knows. Well, that's so the only way no, to come into money. I have no financial secrets for you. <laughs> What's going on with you besides being so rich? Um, well, today, this is really exciting. I don't know if okay. I should split it up into two podcasts, but um, my heat has been broken for several days. And today, the heat guy came over. He had a window between 8 a.m. and noon, which is the perfect window. <laughs> Amazing window. So I basically just got up at 7.30 and got dressed and then went back to sleep so that when he arrived, I would be fully clothed. Um, (laughs) That's the pro move for everyone, in case you don't know. Unless, if I may stop you, unless he was a hot heater fixer guy and you came to the door in just a robe and nothing else and then you guys did sex to each other like in a porno from the 70s. In a freezing cold apartment. Exactly. Well, your (laughs) nipples would have been hard, so it would have been perfect for the porno. Just saying. Um, yeah, good idea for next time. Um, so he came over and he was like, yo, your heater is busted. It's going to be $2,000. And I'm like, I'm not going to give you $2,000. Call the owner of this apartment. Um, and that's when I was like, yay, I don't own this apartment. Yeah, that, that's a good <laughs> feeling. That's a good um, feeling. So then he was like, also, it's going to be like 30 days to get your fucking part. And I'm like, what if it gets what? really cold before 30 days? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, Fuck. <laughs> Wow, dude, that sucks. What I'm going to tell you what you don't want to do, even though it's me very tempting to you, is to get a space heater because those things cause fires and you will burn your house down and die with it. I have a space heater. I've had it for many years. And You're doomed. You're doomed. It's one of the um, coil like radiator ones. And yes, you should not leave it on unattended, but I have not caught it on fire ever. Yet. 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 It's been many years. No, no. fires. I have a question for you. This is unrelated to your warmth, but um, I began to listen to a new podcast this weekend, just on a whim, looking for something new. And I hated the host's voices and immediately shut it off. It was so grating to me. And I'm wondering, do you think that happens to us? Do you think there are people who hate our voices and the way we talk? Sure. Why not? If you're out there listening and you hate the sound of my voice or Nicole's or both of ours, please tell us. I'm curious to know how many, how many people turn this podcast on and are like, I fucking hate this thing. I hate it. Well, they're, I mean, they wouldn't still be listening though. That's, that's true. They wouldn't have made it this far. <laughs> God damn it. We'll never know. Well, um, but I didn't finish my story. Okay. Oh, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. My heat man, lover man, whatever. Um, he was like, okay, I'll go call the landlord, bye. And I was like, bye. And I was like, I'm going to have to buy another fucking space heater to heat up my mansion while I wait 30 days for my heater to get fixed. And then he comes back in and he was like, you're getting a brand new furnace. Wow. Oh my God, how fancy. I know, but now I'm paranoid because they've also had to replace the water heater and waterproof the basement since I've lived here. And I'm very nervous that they're going to raise the rent in May when my lease comes up. (laughs) Wow. That's possible. Yeah. But, uh, you know, then again, these are all things that like people need to have like a habitable space. Habitable? Habitable. Who's to say the right way? There is no way. There's no true way to say it. Um, But I think like there'll be like, we've spent like $10,000 on this apartment this year and you have to cover those with paying $1,500 a month. 
don't forget the fact that there was also at one point mushrooms growing out of your kitchen ceiling. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is also say this is not to call you out, <laughs> just to say like these people did no, not I think provide this is you documented on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, these people did not provide you with an apartment that was livable. So now they're just having to make it livable. I'm sorry. Sure. I mean, sure. Fault. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. They're gonna see who's laughing all the way to the bank. Um, <laughs> and then if as if today couldn't get any more exciting, I had to go to the Department of Motor Vehicles. Oh, sexy! What happened there? Well, I had to get, okay, so this is still very boring, but it's kind of amusing to me because I'm a moron. Um, So when you buy a car, like from a dealer, Mm -hmm. the way that it works is that the dealer like gives the title to the DMV or whatever. They're like, here you go, guys, you know what to do with this. And then the next step is that I go online, you know, it takes a little bit of time for them to like get it all processed or whatever. Um, I go online and then register my car or whatever. And they mail me a plate. But I did not know. The dealer didn't really explain it to me correctly. So I thought that I didn't have to do... I thought I should take no action and that they would just send me a license plate. But that is not true. So my temporary tags expired because I was just waiting for a license plate to show up in the mail. But I never registered my car. So <laughs> Oh, my just, God. They're just never going to come. So I had to go to the DMV today and be like, help me. Um, but it was actually a very nice experience. I went to, for our local listener... Um, Kelly, I went to the Michigan road department of motor vehicles. I had to wait an hour, but I like walked in at 1 PM. I could have gone much earlier. Um, and it was pretty chill, but go on. I think, tell us more about it. <laughs> well, there were a couple of cute guys, which never happens. At the really? Hotties at the DMV? Well, I think it's the Bureau of motor vehicles here, whatever. Just oh, really? Did you approach them and put on the moves? <laughs> Yes, as you like, like to do. I my classic pickup line, which is <laughs> I can't even think of a good pickup line. <laughs> You're like, did you drop this? Let me pick did it up guys, for you. So you guys have a car? That's what I said to them. You should. Just- I gathered them into a group. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have a big long car, like a limo or a hearse or something that I could get into? I was like, do you guys want to get out of here? in your car because mine isn't registered <laughs> or i'd be like are any of you guys by chance registering a limousine with a pool in the back of it <laughs> are any of you guys re- re- registering a stretch hummer with a, sh- <laughs> a stripper ball inside <laughs> um That's but really the people funny. the lady at the counter was like I kept asking really dumb questions. I was like, I, I need a temporary tag, I think. And she was like, no, I know you, you get a temporary tag when you register your car, you 41-year-old woman. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've never done this before. And she was like, what? And I was like, I lived in New York. And she was like, well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but she was just teasing me. She was really funny. I like her. That is anyway, funny. Shout out to the Michigan Road Bureau of Motor Vehicles. You guys are cool. That's um, great. Great story. I'm, and I'm, there's a Goodwill right next door to there, which I incidentally had to go into and then bought way too many items, hmm. including a chair, though. You know, my friend Jess, friend of the pod, Jess Quinn, is firmly against buying anything vintage at all. Like, not even, like, no clothes, jewelry, or anything, because she believes that any vintage item that she purchases is haunted well i don't think that this 90s cardigan that i bought is haunted because I'm telling the person you, who wore it is still alive just think just would think differently and i to be honest i really respect this about you jessica quinn it's a very funny stance to take and i appreciate it and now it's whenever very I, sustainable though for the earth well that's true maybe not so good for the earth but there's enough enough people buying vintage clothing and think about this at least she doesn't have any evil goals and spirits kind of you know turning leaving wet footprints in her apartment what if it's haunted by like good luck spirits that's a good point if if vintage items are haunted i'm living in literally like a fucking clown car full of ghosts that is true also if there were good luck i would have more luck i think that's true you don't have very good luck your luck is okay it's not great for a white lady, yeah, it's yeah. fine. For a white lady, it's fine, yeah. Fair to Midland, as they say. Are you doing anything spooky for Halloween? Yes, I am. What um, are you doing? I am working. 
Oh, that restaurant. is scary. That is very scary because so, customers are evil. I guess this makes sense to me, but I don't, maybe it's more, I have no idea. I can't tell if it's like an Indiana thing or what, but we, so many people requested off this Saturday before Halloween that we had to like hire a temporary server to work that night. Really? Instead of, first of all, number one, enforcing someone to work. They right, should like be working. You can't take off. There's too many other people did. Because yeah. your coworkers want to go sell, have a really a spooky, scary Halloween time. Yeah, they all requested off for like some Halloween party. And I was like, what are you even doing on Halloween Eve? And why was I not invited? <laughs> that is very rude. That is very rude. So yeah. I'm like, oh, no, I don't have to request that for Halloween Eve because I have no plans. And I was joking about that. And my manager was like, Nicole, it seems like you're joking about this. He's like, do you have something to do on Saturday night? And I was like, Marks, no, I'm just kidding. I have no plans. And he was like, it seems like you're lying. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you the truth. You just have post-traumatic stress. That's funny. Are you going to be anything? No, I don't like to dress up, especially not at work. I'm going to be Gorbachev. That big birthmark. I think it's a good costume. Okay. What are you, are you, do you have plans? Are you just going to? No, no, I'm just going to be Gorbachev in my apartment alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good Uh, costume. Get off me. Uh, no, I do have plans kind of. I mean, I always like to like sit on my stoop and give out candy to the trick or treaters dressed as like a ghost in a sheet, probably have a couple of people over and do that, drink some wine or some hot toddies. Mm. Oh my God. That reminds me, a customer came in to work the other night and or was it day, day shift? And he was like, <laughs> he was like, can you guys make hottie toddies? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> How embarrassing for everyone. And I was like, I will not correct this man. Uh, Cause that would be cruel. <laughs> that is uh, cute. And then somehow, somehow I managed to forget what he ordered. So then I had to go back <laughs> to the table and be like, I'm so sorry. I just completely spaced. <laughs> you did it on drink. purpose. No, I didn't. <laughs> I went back and I was like, I could totally space what your drink order was. And his girlfriend was like, he ordered the hottie toddy. And I was like, God damn it. How can I have forgotten this? (laughs) That is so silly. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, that's good. God bless him. Thank God bless America. That's funny. Well, should we get into our topic today? Oh, no. Well, first of all, I just have to update that there is not a lot of Bannifer news out there right now. I thought maybe for... we were going to stop doing this. <laughs> no. No, I feel like now that no one cares, it's even more... Because this all started when nobody cared about Ben Affleck, and we That's were just true. for some reason talking about it. That's true. We were just talking about Ben Affleck, and then all of a sudden, he went fucking viral. And we, I remember, I think one of the first times we mentioned him, well, you mentioned him, was when you were talking about how he broke up with Anna de Armas and he was shoving a cardboard cutout of her into the garbage in front of his house, a which is the funniest thing was doing it. it wasn't him. It's still funny. It is very funny. It's still funny. Why it's hilarious. He, I, <laughs> why did he even have a, a cardboard cutout of her? I That's guess the real question. gave it to him as a joke and then, <laughs> then it was awkward at the end. Yeah. He's like, what do I do with this thing? Get it out of here, servant. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot going on. The news even just like barely even acknowledges that they're together at this point. Um, because it's so boring. They're just in a relationship now, I guess. Yeah. They're just like in a like stable, healthy relationship. They like, like each other. Everything's fine. They're they're, like old enough. They're emotionally intelligent. It's cool. Yeah. So I do like the title of this article by Harper's Bazaar, which is J-Lo gives another masterclass in the color brown because she's been wearing quite a bit of of brown brown. lately. Yeah, a lot of brown. Um, And then there's another thing about how they they are going to be spending a lot of time together. (laughs) Good for them. They are meeting up whenever possible. (laughs) Yeah, that's generally what you try to do, right? In a relation, you meet up when you can. You, uh, whenever the stars align. (laughs) (laughs) These two, man, thrilling. Up to the date, up to the minute Um, news updates on them. And I think they've been saying this for a long time for some reason. Like, they've been really gunning for this. But it appears that they are definitely going to be spending the holidays together. (laughs) Thank God. They have been predicting that for years, really. 
I wonder if they're going to fucking pull on a wishbone together on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if they do, who will win? And who wins? What would their wish be? That and more on next week's episode of Life's a Banquet. <laughs> but for this Life's week. Life's a Ben Affleck. Life's okay. a blank, blank foot. No, it needs Life's some work. Life's a blank foot. That's right. That's the title. Go ahead. Life what are you going to say? <laughs> Life's a okay. blank foot. Our podcast episode today is about ghosts. Um, <laughs> no, Zara, they're going to provide the sound effects. You don't have to do it. <laughs> uh, so this is a very special episode. Um, even though we had sound effects in a different episode, this one is going to have also sound effects. Because <laughs> uh, this, is, this is our Halloween episode. Get ah! with it. Okay. Um, so this is a very special episode about ghosts, which Zara chose the topic and she wouldn't let me, I think I mentioned this last season episode too. Uh, she wouldn't let us do haunted shit or haunted stuff. Haunted stuff. I was like, the topic for this week should be haunted stuff. And she's like, we're not going to do that. I Um, did haunted stuff basically for my story. So did I. So really this is my idea. Not yours, okay? That's all I wanted to point out here. All right, great. Happy haunting. Happy haunted Halloween. Okay, so as I was searching for ghosts in ghost food, I had a flashback to last year when this exact same topic was used in some way, and I was like, fuck, there is no ghost food. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll do ghost kitchens. And I was like, I think I thought about doing that last year. It's so boring. Who cares? It's so stupid. It's like... Okay, great. It's bringing about the demise of like eating out as we know it. Good job. Thanks, capitalism. Good night. That's the story of Ghost Kitchens. Mm-hmm. Good luck and good night. Uh, but no luck to you, Ghost Kitchen. So anyway, I somehow stumbled across this most haunted fast food restaurants listicle from soyummy.com. Oh. And I'm essentially going to read that article to you verbatim. Okay, great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to put my feet up right now. I'm going to bite into a ghost pepper. (laughs) I will bite into a ghost peep. Just kidding. I hate peeps. Um, (laughs) There, the first one is a McDonald's in Quero, Texas. Ah! And this is gruesome. So if you can't handle gruesome, skip ahead. Um, Originally, this McDonald's was a gas station. um, And this gas station had a couple of tragedies. The first being that a young boy was run over by his own mother. Oh, my God. And a mechanic who may or may not have murdered his six-year-old daughter. Obviously, I have no evidence about whether or not this man did this, so it's defamation for me to even bring it up. But it makes the story better. So I'm doing it. It sounds Uh, right. I'm not mentioning him by name. It's fine. (laughs) Um... A mechanic who may or may not have murdered his six-year-old daughter was crushed to death when the car lift malfunctioned. <gasps> now, I feel like that is one of my, like, fears that oh. I always, like, have in the back of my mind. Like, my actual greatest fears sort of have to do with my life now. Like, when I lived in New York, my greatest fear is falling up the subway stairs and smashing my teeth out. Oh, yeah. That's a terrible thing. Fall, teeth smashing, gnashing, no good. Yeah. Um, but the car lift thing, it is kind of creepy because you... It's so obvious that, like, if something goes wrong, you can just get squished under there and there's no hope. That is an uh, awful feel. Like, the thought of, like, I recently had a nightmare where I, I think I maybe mentioned on the show, where I thought I was being, like, in my nightmare, I was being squished by, like, a truck in my car. And then I felt myself being, like, squished to death and not being able to get out. That's a horrible feeling, which I yeah, actually me- have felt in real life before in my accident. I was trapped. Yeah, that's very scary. Being crushed to death is very <clears throat> unpleasant. See me. Yeah. Never had it happen to me. Um, so, yeah, this guy was crushed to death. Then they were like, you know what? Let's put a McDonald's in here. Um, <laughs> you could really brighten up this room. Some french fries, <laughs> some chicken nuggets, a fish fillet. Um, so guests and employees at this McDonald's have heard weird sounds, seen toilets flush themselves, and the walk-in refrigerator went haywire oh what does that mean even who knows it's <laughs> okay. probably just a perfectly normal malfunction <laughs> right like it just need was out of freon they're like it's haunted 
it needs constant repairs. It is haunted. Um, that's all we have for this one. Number two, there is a Pizza Hut in Center Reach, New York. Maybe you've heard of it, Sarah. I certainly have heard of it. It's in Long Island. Yes, it is. Um, in 2012, Long Island paranormal investigators checked out this allegedly, allegedly was added by me, mm-hmm. famous haunted Pizza Hut, because I had never heard of it before. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? Pepperonis just dancing around on their own? Uh, no. It was haunted, or is haunted, by a man. I mean, if it's 2012, who knows if it's even still open. A man who died from suicide or murder in the restaurant bathroom when it was a jack-in-the-box. Ooh. Ooh, not good. Not cool. Not cool that they changed the jack-in-box to a Pizza Hut. But yeah, they're like, this will get rid of the like horrific thing that happened here. Well, Jack in the Box um, is a creepy. If you're gonna like probably pick like the creepiest fast food chain, like a Jack in the Box is a creepy thing. So it's probably better they made it a Pizza Hut with all those nice true. Tiffany lamps and stuff. Yeah, no unexpected chairs, jump scares, jump scares. <laughs> exactly. <Jairs>. Um. <laughs> so employees of this Pizza Hut hear whispers in the stalls of the bathroom. Pots and pans fall off of the wall. No. There are cold spots throughout the restaurant. The paranormal investigators didn't find anything, but they did report that they felt an eerie feeling when they went into the bathroom that they already knew was where the guy died. So take from this what you will. Ooh, I don't like it. Do you remember <laughs> like going into Pizza Hut's when they used to be a restaurant? We must have talked about this on the show. Yeah, before. I used to work at Pizza. I was a hostess at a Pizza Hut that was a restaurant. You were? That was like super fun. That like one of my favorite memories as a kid is going into Pizza Hut. They had like a salad bar. They had those nice lamps that you could smoke cigarettes in there. I didn't because I was ranch. Great ranch. Yeah, quality was- French dressing as well. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Blue cheese. I mean, they had it all. All those three. Every and Italian. Dressing. Every dressing. <laughs> and creamy Italian also. Yeah. All, every dressing that was invented in the 90s was there. Haunted raspberry vinaigrette. Okay. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I guess we did have a raspberry vinaigrette. I don't remember. Um, all I remember is the dessert pizzas, which are so gross to me. Dude. A dessert pizza, let me tell you, does not work for me. You finish eating pizza. Why would you want to eat another pizza that's sweet? <laughs> I've been sent like dessert pizzas before. I like pizza places. As like, hey, gift from the kitchen. And don't get me wrong, very nice, very sweet. Thank you very much for a gift from the kitchen. I don't want to eat another pizza for dessert. I could barely eat the pizza I just ate for dinner. It's just so yeah. weird. I don't get it. Yeah, and the Pizza Hut dessert pizza was like thin crust pizza with like canned cinnamon apples and icing on it like gross. get out of here <laughs> no call the police, call the police immediately but never never call the police unless someone's ordering a dessert pizza <laughs> <laughs> that's why we need to defund them they shouldn't be doing anything else except for handling emergency dessert pizza situations yeah that's all they're equipped to handle exactly, exactly right <laughs> um okay moving on to a Burger King in West Palm Beach. This ghost to me seems annoying and also not believable because, well, I'll tell you why at the end. I don't want to spoil it. Um, okay. But this ghost is just out for a good time, apparently. So the janitor that worked there at one time chased this dude around the restaurant two times trying to get him to leave, but he vanished into thin air. And the janitor was so distressed by this that he quit working there. <laughs> I mean, of course. Of course you would quit working there. And then a former manager also says that he saw this ghost. But I'm like, and this is going to come into play many times throughout this list. Like, if you're a ghost, why would you haunt a Burger King? That's or a really any great question. <laughs> restaurant. Like, why? I would haunt, like, a resort. Right. It haunts somewhere that like you could do something cool. You could like see people having sex. You could, there's like ins and outs of things. You could play shuffleboard. You could go in the steam room. You could eat from the buffet, a Burger King. Absolutely right. Unless we're dealing with a, you know, quarter pounder with cheese pan. I mean, 
it has to be, you have to be a big fan for oh, all eternity. McDonald's. I don't even know what this person could like. Burger King is the worst fast food, as my memory serves. Doesn't Burger King has a <laughs> quarter pounder? No, that's I McDonald's? think that's McDonald's. I think Burger King has a Whopper. Oh, the Whopper. That's right. Well, mm-hmm. whatever. He likes sesame seeds on your bun. I guess you can go haunt the goddamn Burger King. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess, you know, I guess maybe that's the dream if you have a sesame allergy because you can finally, like, be around all of that sesame and not die because you're that's already dead. That's true. Like, Sesame Tim, the guy who we used to talk about every single week in the menu, every single day in the menu meeting at Brucey. Mm-hmm. And then I find... so little sidebar we used to do menu meetings every day because we changed our menu every day so we'd sit around and talk about what was in things and for there was always like sesame and something or there usually was and so we'd be like sesame allergy sesame tim would die if he eats this and sesame tim was just a nice man who was a regular who came in and allegedly was allergic to sesame and so years later after the restaurant closed i like i saw him and his wife at a bar i was like just so you know we always called you Sesame Tim and talked about you at every menu meeting. I thought he would like it. And he did not. <laughs> he did not think oh. it was funny. So he's allergic to Sesame and humor. Exactly. Yes. Um, poor Sesame Tim. You know, it's hard to have a food allergy. <laughs> yeah. Especially when someone divulges, they've been making fun of you for seven years about it every day. <laughs> Behind your back. I guess seven it's not that nice. Years. <laughs> um, well, it is good to give a food allergy a human element, though, so the staff really rings it home, you know? Yeah, that is true. Um, okay, moving on. However, all guests should disclose their food allergies to the server. Don't expect them to just know that you are allergic to peanuts, you psychopaths. Yeah, exactly. You should get that shit tattooed memento style right on your forehead before you go in. Peanut allergy, yes. Okay. Um, McDonald's in Vancouver, Canada. In the year 1989... I was nine. (laughs) McDonald's spent nine million Canadian dollars, I presume, to build a floating McDonald's restaurant in a yacht, a McDonald's yacht in the waters off of Vancouver. So it's supposed to be like a McDonald's yacht where it actually was like supposed to sail around and shit, like go to different ports and just be a McDonald's. Wow. Just (laughs) a floating McDonald's. So stupid sounding. That's wild. Um, However, shockingly, the concept was abandoned Hmm. uh, and the ship was gutted, but it still sits on the dock over there. So it's called the ghost ship. And this is why I like these articles because this is like the dumbest, stupidest submission of all time because it doesn't actually have a haunting. So technically no one has experienced any paranormal activity on the boat, but it looks super spooky on the inside. That's what, <laughs> that's what they put for this. <laughs> and the ghost of Ronald McDonald. Tap, the tap, most tap. haunted restaurants this somehow made it in. They really need to fill up some space, but I could not not include it because the idea of a McDonald's yacht sailing around the ocean is hilarious. Yeah. That's wild, man. Um, Subway, finally a subway got its way in here. Um, in Dodgeville, Wisconsin, this subway was formerly a Harley Davidson shop and the owners were sadly killed in a car crash on Ooh. Friday the 13th, 1984. Oh man, that's, that's scary. That's the year I was everyone, born. Everyone was like, let's turn this into a subway. Um, <laughs> and the employees believe that the wife of the owner haunts the restaurant they have seen a ghostly lady behind the register. And again, this is what I'm saying. If you're a ghost, why are you like cosplaying being at work? <laughs> like, why? Why go back to your workplace? <laughs> totally. Of all there, places. Of all places. You can literally go anywhere you want. You're like, I'm just going to be up at the subway taking orders. I'm going to go. She's like, this is not a fucking subway. Someone needs to buy a leather jacket for me and not a yoga mat <laughs> bread sandwich. <laughs> Um, they also spookalier have heard their names being called when no one else is there. I don't like that at all. And items have been knocked off of the shelves and the door buzzer goes off when no one is there, which I think is just a malfunctioning door buzzer, but whatever. Totally. Like a six pan of like tuna salad just like flies on the ground. I feel Mm -hmm. like there's like a Jared joke in here somewhere. I just really can't. I don't know if I have the enthusiasm to find it right now but come up with something on your own (laughs) he's from indiana by the way is he Uh, really do you know him personally no but one time i saw him at the airport oh before he was then or 
after. No, I would not have recognized him before you since. Oh, right. Yes. I think I meant to say before we found out that he was a pedophile or after. Yes. Far before we found out he was a pedophile. He was okay. just a simple, happy-go-lucky Subway commercial star. <laughs> um, <laughs> with a secret child porn problem. Oh, my um, God. Ugh. <laughs> Just that's below the, the surface. That's the, just, <laughs> just right on that first layer, right, where you put the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, moving on. We're back to Pizza Hut. We're in Glendale, Arizona. The employees of this Pizza Hut hear phantom baby cries and oh. disembodied children's voices. No. Faucets have a mind of their own. I don't know what that means. Like, they're sentient beings, I guess, and they... <laughs> They talk. I don't know what that means for spouses to become sentient, but they are. One's like, I'm hot. The other one's like, I'm cold. (laughs) 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 We have nothing in common. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. Then they, um, there apparently was a ghost child spotted under the tables and in classic ghost in a restaurant move, items keep flying off the shelves. Just like at the subway. That's scary. That's spooky. Yes, it is. It's um, dark. We're back in McDonald's. Welcome. We're in Lewiston, New York. Do you know where that is? Nah, I don't. Is it in Long well, Island? No. Yeah, no, I oh. only know like a couple of towns on Long Island and then the city. That's it. <laughs> Great. Um, McDonald's set up shop in something called Frontier House in the 70s. Okay. Uh, so even in the 70s, they were creepily putting their tendrils into every possible nook and cranny in the United States. Um, so they set up shot in front here. Apparently, it's one of the oldest structures in the area. Unbeknownst to the greedy capitalist owners of McDonald's, that place had been haunted by William Morgan since 1862. So, like, it was already haunted. They put a McDonald's in there. Uh-oh. Big mistake. Huge. Huge. <laughs> um, so this dude died after a mysterious... Well, no, he died mysteriously after an encounter with the Freemasons, and we all know what those guys are up to. No good. Uh-uh. And <laughs> um, his ghost has manifested in the storage pantry for years, and people would just go in there by themselves, and there would be a ghost in there, and they would run away. <laughs> um, or <laughs> counter theory... All of the employees were on acid at one point or another and just thought they saw something in there. And totally. I'm just thinking about how awkward it would be if you, like, walk into the pantry and, like, a ghost is in there. Are you like, whoo, sorry, I didn't know anyone was in here. Like, when you walk <laughs> in on someone in the bathroom, like, what do you even do in that situation? It's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it is very awkward. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. This McDonald's closed in 2004, and I think we know why. Like, it helps when a ghost, like, if you're going to see a ghost, like, if it sneaks up on you or something like that. But to just be, like, hanging out in, like, a room that other people need to go into, it's like, yeah, no social skills for this ghost. Yeah, totally. Um, Now we're in Arby's, and we're in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and it's the 90s. Welcome. The 90s, a manager of the Arby's was shot by an employee that she had just fired. Oh, man, that sucks. And that's why you should avoid confrontation at all costs, I think. <laughs> and don't go out of your house. And don't so, go to work. Both custies, which is what I call customers, and employees <laughs> have heard whispers. <laughs> random whispers and spotted a woman walking through the kitchen and out the back door. Whoa. People have also reported hearing their names called when they're alone, which I'm like, why would ghosts have the same thing going on? doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a great question. This, the most spookiest or the most laziest employees, um, when you they put the chairs up at the end of the night, the next morning, they're all back down on the ground. <laughs> oh, no. But I'm like, maybe they never put the chairs up in the first place. Interesting. Like, it's just, it's interesting the kind of pranks that ghosts like to play. Like, oh, like, good one, why? ghost. Like, you took like, all the thanks. chairs down. Thanks. Right. Or you're just like, I'm 17. I make $6 an hour, and I don't feel like putting the goddamn chairs up, and I'm going to say that the ghost did it. Right, exactly. They're like, <clears throat> Brian, why didn't you fucking put those chairs up? He's like, a ghost took them down, obviously. I, I did definitely put, put them up. up. I definitely put them up. After I smoked a blunt in the back, I t- for sure... <laughs> 
put the fucking chairs up. I did this K and then I put the chairs up and then I jerked off in the bathroom and I checked and they were still up and then the ghost must have taken them down. (laughs) Obviously. Duh. God. Get off my back, Sharon. (laughs) Okay. Now we're back in McDonald's. We can't escape. Um, We're in Idabel, Oklahoma. And on two separate occasions, two completely different maintenance workers reported seeing a little girl in the men's restroom at 5 a.m. before the restaurant was open. Uh-uh. Nope. Kid ghosts are the scariest. No, thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an employee saw the door open to the men's restroom, open and stay open. You know, like someone was holding the door open, but there was no one there. Oh. And... Not to be left out of the haunting, the women's restroom, all of the toilets flushed at the same time. <gasps> oh my goodness. That's scary. And then uh, finally, an employee quit because she heard a little girl laughing in the bathroom after hours when she was peeing. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's not cool. And I'm saying this like in jest, like, ooh, scary. Yeah. But like, it really is fucking scary. Like, if that was to happen to me, I would be so fucking scared. I actually wouldn't know how to go on with life. <laughs> I would, like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I would be like, wow, I've, I've always thought this is real. I mean, I have had a ghost experience, but it was much less threatening than that. Because mm-hmm. it was a ghost that I'm familiar with. So it's fine. Yeah, but I just want to be the the scully to your molder here. I just think that the lady that quit was like, oh, I need a good reason to quit this horrible restaurant job. And I'm going to say that there's a girl laughing in the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Too shy, scully. Um, okay. Finally, we're at Taco Bell. Let's, um, what happened there? Someone got ghost diarrhea? Well, one time my friend took a pregnancy test in a Taco Bell. Really? And? <laughs> What was the result? Negative. Thank the Lord. It was a soft taco supreme. <laughs> um, okay, so we're in the Taco Bell in Twinsburg, Ohio. Allegedly, this is the most terrifying establishment in Twinsburg. I haven't done any independent research to confirm this. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds legit. This story sounds completely not legit. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. I'll be the judge of that. There are frequently four ghosts seen at this Taco Bell. A woodsman, a military veteran, a girl dressed in white, and the only believable ghost, a teen boy in a Taco Bell uniform. (laughs) It sounds like the beginning of a joke. I know. I was like, do you guys expect me to believe that you saw a girl in white as your ghost? Like, stop. Yeah. Maybe they just Um, meant a white girl. So, like, Paul Bunyan... A military veteran of what war, we don't know. <laughs> I um, mean, probably the Civil War, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> probably the Hundred well, Years' War. Yeah, I don't know what was going on in Ohio during the Civil War. Darkness and death. Um, yeah, so basically, and also here's another thing. So this fucking Taco Bell ghost apparently loves to help the employees out with their tasks. Well, that is so, lovely. Not only is he forever have to wear a Taco Bell uniform for the rest of his life or death, or whatever, he has to go to work every day and help people who are alive do their menial Taco Bell jobs. At fucking Taco For free. For free. For free. Bullshit. It's Bullshit. insane. That's fucking hell out of I mean, that's We purgatory. need to release him into the ether wherever you go when you stop going to your job as a ghost. <laughs> yeah, the, like, eternal unemployment line. Um, that's all I have for you guys. I hope that this wasn't too scary. I'm terrified. I'm not going to be able to sleep. I have been actually having pretty frequent night terrors, so I'm sure this isn't going to help. But I will avoid fast food restaurants. Yes, you should. Okay. Now, look, folks, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. When we come back, we're all going to meet here. Uh, So just hold on to your butts, and we'll be right back. Okay. Good food is worth a thousand words. This is Arthi Menon, and I'm delighted to share a new podcast with you. My Family Recipe from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network. Adapted from Food 52's much-loved column of the same name, the My Family Recipe podcast will bring its pages to life. Each episode of My Family Recipe brings you a cherished heirloom recipe and the story behind it from voices across the world of food. We'd open these 
tubs of dough and as they would exhaust these incredible yeasty fumes and it just smelled like nothing else. It was so intoxicating. I'll interview writers and chefs, parents and children about what's passed down along with the foods that we know and love. Chinese people aren't like born with a download on how to like velvet chicken. You know, like that's not something that just like comes to you. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And guess what? We're back. Guys, did you make it? Did you hear that? Nicole, did you hear that? What did I hear? A monster. A monster ghost. <laughs> I forgot what the topic was. It's ghost, not monster. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I saw Monsters Inc. in the background. <laughs> I have a ridiculously like random topic today. It really doesn't have very much to do with food. Nobody's listening, so who cares? Um so people are listening. People will come, Ray. <laughs> so my topic today, this is how I'm a part of it is about food. But I was just like looking up ghosts, food, haunted places, and I came across the, what seems to be the most, one of the most haunted places in the entire world. And so because it is in Italy, I decided that it was close enough to food because Italian food is so popular that I could tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not one single Fazoli's was haunted in this tale that I told. So here's the thing. Uh, if, so what it's in Venice, which is actually uh, the region of Italy known for having the worst food. Um, it's still Italy. Okay, folks. So just stick with me. We're going to get through this. It's kind of an interesting story. Now I didn't stop at just this kind of interesting. Thanks for choosing that. (laughs) I didn't stop at just this first part. I'm going to tell you three haunted tales of places in Venice, Italy. And one of them has to do with food. Are you ready? Okay. I was born ready. This article is called like hell, but, but in Italy from the Huffington post. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this island is called Poviglia and Poviglia is like a little island right like in Venice. And obviously we know Venice has a lot of canals and it has little tiny like islands and places you need to get by, by boat. Poviglia is one of them. Um, Poviglia is quote said to be so evil that you'd be hard pressed to find an Italian willing to set foot on the island. Fishermen, so it's uninhabited? It's uninhabited and you cannot visit it. Fishermen won't even fish the area surrounding Poviglia and it was completely off limits to visitors for many years. Apparently, as of this recording, it still is. <laughs> <laughs> um, for many years and also now. So why is Poviglia so haunted? Well, because tons and tons, for one, tons and tons of people suffering of the plague died there. And secondly, to add insult to injury, they erected a horrible mental mental institution there. I don't know if that's kind of the preferred nomenclature now, but that's what it is referred to. A psychiatric institution. Um, You know, a terrible evil one. Um, Okay. So, the island is mentioned in documents dating back to 421. Uh, It used to be a for a flourishing economic center with a growing population up until the year 1378. During the war Uh-oh. of Chioga, the people of Poveglia were, ex- were evacuated to Venice. Uh, when the war was over in 1381, Poveglia lay in total devastation and only a few dozen inhabitants were able to return home. No. I know. Then when the plague happened in the 1400s and 1500s, the plague was in the 1400s, I believe, um, plagued people were shipped to Poveglia. Plagued people? Plagued people. Yeah, the plagued. The anti-vaxxers of yesteryear. Huh? Um, Poveglia was abandoned for centuries and wasn't until the plague hit Venice um, that the head of the state was killed and deemed it the plague island. Venetians wanted to isolate the infected and curb the spread of the disease. So 160,000 people die of the plague on Paviglia Island. That is a huge bummer. It's a lot of people, and it's a very, very, very small island. So they would have these, like, big mass graves, and they would just take people who were, like, really, really sick and too sick to talk, and they would just throw them on piles of dead corpses on the island. Yeah. And apparently they've tested the soil and they say that the soil is made up of 75% ash of burned victims still to this day. 
So it's like made of burnt So they people. also burn them. Yes. They burn them in these mass graves. Um, Piviglia Island remained an important plague quarantine site all the way to the 1800s because there was different kinds of sicknesses, of course, that went around more than just bubonic plague. And so anytime there was a, an outbreak, they would quarantine people to Piviglia Island and it is known as the Island of Ghosts. In the year 1922, they decide of all places to erect a mental hospital on Piviglia. The mental hospital's existence confirmed uh, by the sign that reads Respirato Psychiatrica and remains affixed to the derelict building to this very day, which is just very scary. Like mm-hmm. an old decrepit like mental asylum. With, um, so patients uh, already considered to have lost their, quote, marbles, regularly reported seeing the ghosts and, of plague victims and said they were kept up at night from screams of tortured souls. Oh no. So the doctor who like started this mental hospital was like a really fucked up dude. Um and he was like one of those doctors that was, you know, putting ice picks up people's noses and performing lobotomies and, you know, hand drilling and making weird machines and stuff like that. Fun. So it was not cool. Um so it was also mentioned that patients were taken to the bell tower at the top of this facility and subjected to a special kind of torture, but we'll never know exactly what happened. Um, so the doctor apparently threw himself off the top of the bell tower, but in like 1968, but they say that it could have also been that the patients did it. Um, so we don't know exactly. Ooh, I hope the patients did it. 1968. That's real late. I know. So anyway, it remains abandoned and is apparently haunted by both the doctor, the plague victims, 160. So it's like the most haunted place ever imaginable. And it sounds terrifying and scary. And I saw pictures of it and uh, it's fucked Let's up. go there. I know. Venice is, I've never been to Venice, but it seems like it would just be like a really creepy place. When I go to Italy in April, I'm going to definitely try to stop and go to Venice. Now, here is a story another haunted story about Venice. This one has to do with food. So there is um, an area in Venice called uh, along the, one of the rivers called the Riva di Biasso. And who is Biasso? At the time of the Serencima Republic, on this stretch of the shore, there was Biagio Caraggio's shop, a famous for his sausage and meat dishes. This was, I believe, in the, four, yeah, in 14... In the 1400s also. So this is a very big time in the 1400s. There's plague. There's this fucking guy who we're going to learn about. It's terrible. So he's a butcher. And apparently he was like really fucked up looking and had like a crazy <laughs> like just like a like a ogre. You know, he's a giant person. And well, that doesn't mean he's necessarily evil, but he turned out to be. So okay. one day a bunch of like workers... Um, and he was, like, horrible to the town, but yet he made this, like, delicious stew that they all loved so that like, they couldn't leave him alone. But everything just depicts him as being, like, rude and surly to the customers and mean and sketchy, but just, like, the best stew maker. <laughs> they couldn't, the like... Nazi? Yeah. The original suit Nazi? Kind of, yeah. Um, so one day, a couple of people there are in from out of town, and they're eating this stew that he made. And one of the guys small, finds a small thing in his stew and he figures it's a pork bone and he looks and he sees it's a small human fingertip how does he know with a nail attached the fingernail attached to it right okay so he picks Could it out tell. he picks he picks it out and they go the he goes to the police a cab and the police go to the butcher shop and they find like dozens and dozens and dozens of children's bodies that had got been gone like kids had been going missing from the area for a long time and he confessed to it and he said that that's how he was getting rid of all the corpses by cooking them into the stew that everybody loved and is it true yeah i mean i've saw i i don't know but there's like statues of him like embossed into the buildings in this area of the of the riva de basio um it's a stop in the grand canal that you could go to and they say on foggy days you still hear the terrible laughter of um Basio himself and little kids like screams. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's okay. a scary ghost story about stew. Now, everyone, please check your stew for fingers next time before you eat it. That's just a 
That's just a life tip. We should all yeah. be doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Life hack. Pro move. Life hack. So now I'm going to tell you about a story from a place in Venice. It is called The House That Kills. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Cool. This is according to uh, an article that I read in Atlas Obscura. This 500-year-old Venetian Gothic palace, also known as the Cadario, has claimed a host of unlucky victims, including the rich and famous. It is said that people who owned the building or stayed there for more than 20 days died, committed murder, or became bankrupt. Even a local fisherman, even local fishermen don't care to cast the ropes in the cursed palazzo, which has been dubbed the house that kills. Okay, I think it's funny, though, that one of the options is that you just become bankrupt. Yes, well, that is a very unfortunate, as a, take it from me, that's an unfortunate thing to happen. Not as bad as dying, right. necessarily, but, you know. But if you just stay there for 20 days, maybe you're bankrupt because it's too expensive. That's to a there. very good point. It's <laughs> a very good point. So the house was built in 1479 by an aristocrat by the name of Giovanni Dario. Um... His daughter, Marietta, and her husband, Vincenzo, inherited the house. Vincenzo is stabbed to death. Marietta then dies by suicide. Uh, she throws herself into the Grand Canal. Um, Vincenzo's son, Vincenzo Jr., shortly after was killed in Crete by assassins. So uh, British scientist Randon Brown became its next owner. Um, having the house for four years, he suffered financial difficulties, which again, to your point, could just mean that he, you know, is too expensive for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, his relationship with another man was discovered and the scandal affected him so much that he died by suicide in 1842 in the oh, palace no. with his partner. And some people say it was a murder suey. Um, That's so sad. I know it's very, it's terrible. Uh, Charles Briggs, an American millionaire, uh, also purchased the house after this and he was accused also of being gay and so he fled to mexico and he died by suicide as well crap the property then remained empty for the first half of the 20th century in 1964 um tenor mario del manco entered the negotiations for the property but on the way to venice he was to sign his contract for the house he was in a serious car accident that made him rethink buying the building uh, in the in nineteen in the nineteen seventies, the Count of Turin, Filippo Giordano Delanze, bought the Palazzo Dario and was murdered by his lover Raoul Blasich, <gasps> who also later died in a violent death after fleeing to London. Oh my God! Yeah, Kit Lambert. This seems like this seems like real haunted. To it's me. a this real only- yeah. This is a real haunted house. It's real. Um, Kit Lambert, the manager of the Who, bought the house. Why? I don't know, but he doesn't stay there. He stays in a hotel nearby. <laughs> I have no idea. Classic rich person move. Fucking terrible. In the and then eight- he became bankrupt because he's paying for a hotel and also owns his house. In Venice, of all places. It's like pretty obscure. It's not like you're in California. Um, in the 80s, a Venetian businessman, Fabrizio Ferrari, bought the house and moved there with his sister, Nicoletta. Um, oh, love then, her. Then he like lost all his assets and his sister died in a car crash. No! Yeah, and then Raul Garardini, who was a financier, bought the place, and he was going to give it to his daughter, but after a series of economic setbacks and scandals, he died by suicide in 1993. Crap. In 1993? Yes. So enter the turn of the 21st century. Okay. Your favorite director, Woody Allen. (laughs) I mean, maybe he is your favorite director. He is great, but he is also a pervert. Woody Allen, sex pest. Uh... Considered buying Palazzo Dario, but he changed his mind allegedly after reading uh, all the strange and tragic things happen. Hmm. Maybe that's what's it like in there? Should I? How much is his daughter? It's um pretty cool looking. I mean, it's beautiful. It's on the canal. It's like a gorgeous old you know creepy mansion. I don't think you should get involved with this place though. Well, what's the weather like there? Like, are they on the same latitude and longitude as me? Are they going to have cold winters or what's the story? Well, it doesn't really snow very much and in that area um so it's like kind of like rainy and wet in that in the winter but it's not cold like it is here it's snowy but it's not like very nice seattle yes exactly um okay i'll buy it okay. i'll take it great amazing well, i'm gonna get this set up big bang boom you got yourself a new house we got a stew going uh for some reason though who's bass player also wanted to like stay at this place and he suffered a heart attack after renting the place 
These people are insane. Also, the Who were probably doing some drugs, okay? I mean, let's be honest. Some locals believe the cause of the curse may be due to the fact the building was constructed over an old Templar cemetery, um, which due to a settling of the foundation makes the structure visible, visibly tilt to the right. An old Indian burial ground. Exactly. And everyone knows not to build a house over a cemetery. That's like or the number one thing. entire housing division. <laughs> yeah. Like don't build your house on a cemetery if you don't want to be like haunted and you don't want like wet like footprints all over your house for no reason. Yeah, for sure. Also, don't say that you moved the bodies, but lie about it because then those bodies are going to open up their caskets and come right out of your pool that you're building in the backyard. Exactly. And don't let your kid play so close to a highway. That's from Pet yes. Cemetery. <laughs> and don't bury your kid in a reanimator cemetery. Okay? Because he will not come out, Jill. He'll be coming out wearing like a Victorian outfit and he will stab you to death. <laughs> Pet Cemetery is, I find it to be in like, I'm not like scared of many scary movies, but I am scared of Pet Cemetery. I find it to be troubling. I don't, I love Pet Cemetery. I recently made my sister watch it. She refuses to watch it because she's so scared of Gage when he comes back to life. Yeah, it's scary. Um, a little boy, like pets and like little children coming back to life and killing you. It's not cool. You know, it's also scary is that um, they, a child with parents is holding multiple weapons in this movie. He's like five years old or four. He's little. He's little um, and evil. He's bad. Uh, he should be punished. Yeah. Um, I simply love Pet Cemetery. Um, do we? We always probably do this, but do we, should we just say for the 90th time our top favorite horror movies for Halloween? We can, or we can say our favorite ghosts. Okay. All right. Well. My favorite ghost. You have to go first. Okay, fine. Uh, my favorite ghosts. I guess <laughs> my favorite ghosts are... There's just so many to choose from. Hmm. Favorite ghost, favorite ghost. Well, uh, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't have a favorite okay, ghost. Okay, okay, fine. I, <laughs> I don't have one. I guess ghost my dad, favorite, but he's not really, obviously. Bill my Cosby, favorite no. ghost is ghost star of the movie Ghost. <laughs> Patrick Swayze, the hottest ghost. He was going to be my favorite ghost. He's the only ghost I like. Um, my other favorite ghost is Jacob Marley from... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a good ghost. What about the other and Marley? I, Isn't it two Marleys? Uh, oh, no, that's only in the Muppets version. We're Marley and Marley. Woo! Because yeah, I didn't, there were the two old, old guys. Yeah. Um, and then my third favorite ghost is the ghost kid in the background of three men and a baby that's hiding in the curtains. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is scary. so scary. That's scary. Okay, fine. I'll go do my favorite ghosts. My third favorite ghost is Ghostface Killer. My second favorite ghost is Ghost Dog. And <laughs> <laughs> my first favorite ghost is uh, Bruce Willis from The Sixth Sense. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. I totally ruined the sixth sense for everyone. He's a ghost, everyone. He's been the calls are coming time. from inside his house. Also, another ghost who keeps going to work after he's dead. That's why? True. That's true. That was a really great twist. And you know what? I wonder why M. Night Shyamalan decided to just like, why did every one of his movies have to be a twist? Because then it wasn't even exciting. You're like, what's the twist going to be like? I don't know. Oh, no. I like The Village. I know everyone hates it, but the I village, love The Village, you like it? It's, yes, It I is do. funny to think that they're just living in, like, a village right off the highway. <laughs> it's I silly. really like that. I really like that. Movie. It makes me feel well really done. sad for them. I think it's a well-done film. Okay, I get it. You God love The it. Village. Fine. I liked Unbreakable. I thought that was pretty good. I don't even remember that. I've only seen it one time. Yeah, it was like with Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis or whatever. I, no, I remember like the movie, but I do want to comment on something quickly before we get off the horn here. This is a Halloween uh, related story. Uh, I attempted to watch interview with La Vampire the other day, and uh, I hadn't seen it in a long time. He used to be a really big Brad Pitt fan growing up and a big crush on him. Never liked Tom Cruise ever. Um, but I did watch the movie a couple times when I was younger. And like, I mean even older than younger, like in my twenties, I'm sure I saw it too. 
this is the most fucking boring bad movie that I've ever seen. And I don't really say that that often. I try to like most things, but this is, this is bad. This is a bad movie. Have you seen it recently? No, I just think that I cannot <laughs> picture Brad Pitt being, he's such a bad actor. I mean, I love Micho Black. He's so horrible in that movie. It's, it's like comical yeah. that this man made billions of dollars. Um, but him in full vampire makeup getting interviewed by Christian Slater is the most hilarious thing that's ever happened in film. I don't even remember the end because like I was so bored that I checked out. Does Christian Slater get eaten at the end by Tom Cruise? No, because he has to publish the article that we're allegedly like reading, right? Right, but I thought like Tom Cruise somehow came back and killed Christian Slater at the end. Maybe he does. Also, I just remember that Anne Rice came out and was like, Tom Cruise is no more my Lestat than some other comparison that I can't remember, but she was pissed that Tom Cruise played Lestat and with good reason because he does a terrible job. Yeah. He's bullshit. He's also a bad actor. Actually, he's a little bit of a, I really like Brad Pitt. Um, and I think like he was wonderful in once upon a time in Hollywood, but I don't think Brad Pitt's a particularly good actor. Seems like a cool guy, but Tom Cruise actually is okay in some movies. Yeah, but, I love him in all the Mission Impossible movies. Not that that's, like, top-tier acting, but, right. you know, top-tier, like, climbing stuff. Well, yes, he can scale stuff perfectly and lay perfectly flat just an inch above the ground, which is very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's be honest, folks. That's impressive. That's core. That's all, like, core there. That's core. That's, that's core. More, right? That's uh, your core. <laughs> oh, my God. That reminds me... Um, Really quickly, I went to the grocery store today, and um, I had a basket instead of a cart. Mm -hmm. And at least I had a basket. Half the time, I tried to carry 30 items in my arms. Yeah, um, no, that's good. But um, this man was like, I picked my basket off of the floor, and he was like, do you want to rest your basket on the top of my cart? And I was like, no, I'm working on my core. But it was like <laughs> so loud for some reason. I like spoke that sentence too loud in this small bougie grocery store and so everyone turned around to look at me and the man didn't know what I meant because he was old he didn't know what I meant by core so he just like chuckled quietly to himself and then I just looked like someone who was insane that's hilarious that's very funny I hope he's <laughs> listening right now I'll be like that was you oh yeah well folks we've come to the end of another episode a thrill ride full mm -hmm. packed full of facts do you feel smarter? Do you feel like you learned something? You're going to tell your friends what you learned here on the show? I learned that Venice exists. Yes, it's a place. We could go there, technically. Um, I do want to tell everyone to write your senators, write your presidents. We need to get rid of daylight savings time. We have oh. to stop. We have to stop this madness. <laughs> I was like, what is she going to say? Is this going to be about the environment? <laughs> no, we have to stop the insanity. I agree. Um, this should please. be our number one. You should run on this. I, I should run on this. She should run. Uh, yeah. So I'm with her mm. being me against daylight savings time. <laughs> we have to stop it at all costs. Please help us. Join us. We don't have much time left. I think it happens this weekend. <laughs> That's true. It, we really are running out of time. Please, whatever you can do, get out there. Make signs. Like, you know, line up at Chuck Schumer's house. Whatever it takes. Yes. He's mostly responsible for this, as we all know. Chuck Schumer yeah. loves daylight savings time. He does. But uh, you're right, Nicole. It's a huge problem, folks. It's a serious issue that no one is talking about. Yeah, and you know, it is important that we like really do talk about the issues here because we have such a broad reach and like we have yep. this platform. So we have to use our power for good. Exactly. And like, you know, it doesn't really or matter. Or for our own personal political views. Either one is fine. Right. Like, I mean, fracking, capitalism, you know, mass incarceration of innocent people, like violent policing, like none of this stuff is like really such a big deal. But fucking daylight savings times, guys. We need to do something about this. And you're right, Nicole. No one is talking about it. We all just like go along with it like a bunch of sheeple. <laughs> and at the end of the day, who are we saving this daylight for, Zara? Who? That's who? true. The fucking stupid fucking farmers. And you know Capitalists. what? Capitalists. That's right. <laughs> Capitalist farmers. Corporate 
farming. And you know what the thing is, folks? There's not even any land to farm anymore. So why do we even fucking care about them? The land is drying up and washing away and burning at the same time. So what do these people need to wake up at like so they can see the sun? For for who? The three people that have actual viable land to farm? It doesn't make any difference. Are they don't care and they don't it doesn't that's not even a real thing. Indiana didn't have daylight savings time. Yeah. Until 10 years ago. And we were doing just fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm with you. I, I stand firmly alongside you in your quest for this. And uh, I hope that this gets some traction because it is a real problem. Yeah. Well, until we abolish it, I will not acknowledge it. And so I will be an hour late or an hour early. I can't remember to work <laughs> from now on. Okay, great. This podcast will go out an hour late and early at the same time. So just at the normal time. Um, okay, folks. Well, thank you very much and have an extremely murderous, scary, evil, terrible, angry, delicious, sweet Halloween. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, Heritage Radio Network. Org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.